Welcome back to What's the Point, the podcast from Trinity Lutheran Church, where we discuss what's the point of all things church. And I'm super excited this Advent season for our new series, A Very Bonhoeffer Christmas. I'm very excited. Like, perhaps too excited. (laughs) Who wouldn't be excited about a very Bonhoeffer Christmas? Right? And we're not talking about like a Huga Christmas or uh, a simplified Christmas. No, it's a Bonhoeffer Christmas. And And you have to say it like that. Bonhoeffer. Oh, yeah. Because it's German. Because it's German. So it's a little angry. A little angry in there. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about Bonhoeffer. It's <laughs> um, like a little bit more like a donkey. <laughs> Dominic the donkey? Oh, yeah. It's more like a Cactus oh. Christmas vibe. Oh, stop. Uh, we are in a new space today. Uh, Heather Day led the charge to uh, switch our youth room locations to a... It's in a more friendly location now. So it is. We're in the new space. Uh, I really like the setting for us so far. Yeah. Yeah, if it were... I mean, if it were darker, I would turn on the Christmas lights. One of our kids spent oh, like yeah. a whole hour putting Christmas lights up in here on Wednesday. So that's going to flip those on. Yeah. We're going to have to for episode two later. Yeah. yeah. Um, so before we start, Heather and Katie are with me. Hi. Hi. No special guests. Wah, no. Wah. No, just uh, your regular. Just your regular. <laughs> just uh, just, wah, wah. just your average people. Um. My question for you all is, what are your Advent traditions? We've just kicked off Advent here at Trinity. So what are your Advent traditions, mm. either growing up or that you have currently in your home? Yeah, we we don't really have any. Um, Jake and I decided this year, aka I decided this year, <laughs> that we would do like a little um, Advent calendar for each other. So we have just like itty bitty stockings like maybe a couple inches tall and whatever um just to put little things in um most of the stuff we got for each other doesn't fit like it's not expensive stuff but it's like you know the the candy canes that you can get that are filled with with Mm -hmm. other types of candy yeah like things like that so not super expensive but just something for each i think we're starting it on the 12th maybe yeah, so I think we have like 12 or 13 days worth of stuff. But that's that's what we decided to do this year. Um, we'll see if that continues. It's just kind of fun. But growing up, like we didn't, I don't know, my family's kind of boring. We didn't really have traditions like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know if I would say Advent. Tri- we, we have, I have attempted over the years different advent traditions that haven't really stuck Mm. i mean we have an advent wreath um like our centerpiece thing for a table and that has come out a couple times hasn't really been used very faithfully we have occasionally had an advent calendar with chocolate and or legos uh that was the that was the coolest year was the lego advent calendar for the kids was it like it built something. Uh, it built something different each day. So Whoa. just like nice. either a little minifigure or like a little something. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. So we, I mean, we have done some of that, but we have other, you know, like our family celebrates St. Nick, um, which is Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was just checking my calendar quick. <laughs> like, oh, did I miss it? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not something I. 
Yeah, uh, that's not a tradition I grew up with, but Herschel did. And so that's one that we have done in our house. Leave your shoes out. Mm-hmm. Yep, Saint leave your Nick shoes comes. at the door the night oh, of December 5th, I I and then St. Nick comes and yeah. fills your shoes, your yeah. stinky, stinky shoes Gross. with stuff. Um, at our house, St. Nick always brings Christmas jammies. Ooh. Um, oh, that's a good one. And and a few little treats. Yeah. Um, uh, a side note on that. Yeah. Um, Olive, last year, put out all of her shoes, <laughs> thinking, oh my gosh. I'm going to cash in. Nice. <laughs> Is, I mean, my kids have big feet, so yeah, yep. you do have to accommodate them. Yeah, I mean, Saint Nick does. Um, so yeah, that's you know, I don't know, how, I don't know where to celebrate or where to um, make the like. What's a Christmas tradition? What's an Advent mm. tradition? Oh know. yeah, I mean, we're big into like Christmas ornaments. I am big into Christmas <laughs> ornaments. Let's be real about <laughs> this. But yeah, we'll get to talk more about those in the next. Next episode, I just looked ahead. Uh-huh. I know. So don't spoil it. Okay. What about you, Tom? You know, growing up, we were, I mean, at least from my perspective, we were pretty good at celebrating Advent uh, as a family. We would have like a a family dinner every Sunday night, and an extended relative would come over every mm. Sunday of oh, Advent. That's fun. So it would be like a, or we, you know, we wouldn't have dinner with them often, and we'd invite them over. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and we'd always have like fresh baked cookies every weekend. So it'd be cookies at dessert time. Aww, and my nice. dad absolutely loves, or loved, excuse me, um, like choral music. Uh, around oh, the sure. Time. So yeah. we always had that on. Yeah. But we always would put on the Charlie Brown, like, uh, soundtrack mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. oh so that is just christmas to me and advent to me but um you know we just i hate to say it or my family's so busy right now yeah. yeah we our advent we haven't a modified advent wreath uh for little ones um <laughs> Cute. but we we don't really do a whole lot of intentional things other than an advent calendar yeah and we just uh went to the angel breakfast last weekend and so mm-hmm. rowan's got his paper chain countdown sort of thing oh, yeah. fun. Um, it broke apart and so we had to redo it no. but uh that was this morning's job but no so i mean we do some things but i think once my kids are all kindergarten or you know preschool mm-hmm. up we can establish better routines yeah 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 yeah. Anyways, oh, uh, so we have these Advent traditions, but what is Advent? You might be wondering. What is Advent? Katie, what is Advent? Advent is a time where we get to open up calendars and get chocolate. And it leads or us up Legos. to Christmas. Or Legos. And it leads us up to Christmas. And uh, that's what I got for you today. Yeah. The end. <laughs> Goodbye. See you guys next week. Um, I'll throw in Advent is the time when Pastor Tom gets to wear his blue stole. Oh, that too. You right, you uh-huh. right. And we light candles during worship. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Is it my birthday? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and and hope that nothing sets on fire. <laughs> not that that uh-huh. has not ever true. happened. Ever, ever in <laughs> my experience. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, so Advent uh, is the the countdown to Christmas day. Mm-hmm. All right. A lot of churches get that wrong. And I, I say that tongue in cheek because we do it wrong too. Oh, uh, say more about that. 
Okay, so Advent, again, is the countdown to Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve is technically still Advent, right? We're waiting for Jesus to be born, hence Christmas Eve, the day before. And so, however, the traditions for many congregations are to celebrate on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. So churches are usually decked out in white, which is the liturgical color for a high holiday in the Christian tradition uh, centered around Jesus. But it's still Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. It's still Advent. It's supposed to be blue. Mm. So um, so we get it wrong. But we also get it right, I guess. So what will it be here on Christmas Eve? Will, will it still be blue? It'll still be white. It will. <laughs> oh, even though it's Advent 4 on... Yes. Mm-hmm. The fourth Sunday of Advent is on Christmas Eve. Christmas yeah. Eve, but yeah. we're going to be white. And so we're, like here oh. at Trinity, we're really condensing down Advent. It's supposed to be... Advent is the four weeks, the four Sundays leading up to the birth of Jesus on Christmas Day. Uh, And so we had Advent one yesterday. Mm -hmm. We'll have Advent two next week. And then Trinity, we have our cantata. Mm -hmm. So we only get really two weeks of celebrating Advent in a worship, traditional worship uh, setting that we're accustomed to because of the cantata on the 17th. So uh, Christmas Eve will then be, poof, it's Christmas time. There is no Advent. There's no... Other Advent. So we've changed the readings and the calendar for the liturgical year. Yeah. Just to feel those Adventy themes yeah. come through. So I am hearing you indicate that you feel like Advent is getting shortchanged. Mm-hmm. Like like Advent is actually this really important time that we maybe aren't recognizing or not letting it breathe enough. Yeah, I would I'd say you're you're spot on, Heather. And a lot of congregations have extended advent uh they've just started it earlier and there's mm-hmm. tradition that has started this uh for like a seven week process much like lent uh, oh. and that was done in the middle ages from time to time there's mm-hmm. records of that and so we could easily do that there is backing mm-hmm. uh some congregations just didn't celebrate christ the sovereign sunday which is traditionally the last sunday of the church year uh, and that tradition, as Pastor Patrick told us before doing a dance and song, <laughs> song and dance, oh, man. was, uh, hopefully that's stuck in your ear now, Pastor Patrick, if you're listening, um, was uh, they, they started Advent, um, Advent 1 on that day instead of celebrating that because it started back in the 20s, oh. uh, Christ the Sovereign or Christ the King. So it's a 100-year-old, roughly, uh, church celebration so it's not like there's super big precedent to right. to continue mm, that right. so it's more flexible than mm-hmm. i than i first thought so anyways advent does it needs time mm-hmm. and i think we shortchange it because we're so darn busy and because we're so excited to just get to christmas yes yeah. that's when you get the presents right yeah mm-hmm. and we're we're hustling around to parties and to basketball games and hockey games and concerts and plays and parades which are all absolutely lovely but i think we end up feeling exhausted by the time we get to christmas oh, day absolutely. oh yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean just this past weekend we did two parades <laughs> a play uh you know and dinner out and fireworks and it's just like oh my goodness mm-hmm. wow yeah anyways so what is Advent? We're supposed to be uh, anticipating 
the birth or the coming of Jesus. Now we're going to get super nerdy. Okay, ready? Wait, is this the part where we get to talk about Bonhoeffer? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. We're going to do a little bit okay. of Latin work okay, here. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Oh, sorry. Boy. Oh, so Don't quiz me, please. Advent, uh, if you want to go to the Latin root, is Adventus, okay. which is the arrival or coming of oh. someone. Mm-hmm. Now we could think way back to Jesus's time where the Adventus, the Advent, would usually be someone coming into town to proclaim that someone is coming, like a Roman governor or mm-hmm. someone big sure. that you should know about is coming. Like there would be a herald out there telling Hark. the town square. Yeah, listen. Hark, someone's coming. Someone yeah. is coming. Okay. And okay. so Advent uh, for us is that time that we set aside to remember that Christ came and will come again. Mm-hmm. And so it's this now but not yet tension of Jesus coming and recognizing Jesus has come, but how are we called to live into the future uh, of what God is up to? So there we are. Or we're we're hearing a siren outside. I was going to say, am I actually hearing I think it's, that? it's the first Monday yeah, of the month when we're recording. Yeah. So okay. that's what that noise is we're hearing. Yes. You're probably not hearing it, listeners. I don't... Now we're hearing it. Yeah, we'll hey, find out. <laughs> so Heather... Yes. Who is, who was Dietrich Bonhoeffer? You know, I really hope I can have a good answer for this because I did take a class in seminary about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. (laughs) So Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a German pastor, theologian. Um, You could tell me what year he was born, but he, I want to say, say that again? 1906. Okay. I was going to say around the turn of the century, 1900. Um, and he um, was a pastor in Germany mm-hmm. uh, who has, like, lots of storylines. Like, there's not just, like, one major storyline when you talk about him, right? Mm-hmm. Because you could talk about how he spent time in the United States yep. and was in New York and attended Union Seminary and got involved in a black church in Harlem and learned, like, took these great lessons from that. So like, that's one of his storylines, right? And then, but the main thing that we think of when we think of Bonhoeffer was that he was a pastor in Germany at the time when Hitler Mm -hmm. um, and the Nazis were on the rise. And he saw the German church as being complicit with the Nazis. And so he um, and some other colleagues created a seminary that was, away from that system um, and kind of, uh, what was it? The professing church? Is that what that was called? Confessing church. Confessing church. Um, that they kind of created this other, not quite denomination, um, but they they protested against the influence of the Nazis on the German church and saw that um, that relationship was really toxic. And in the end... Um, he he ended up being martyred and was killed by the Nazis just before uh, the liberation of Germany and um, the end of World War II. And now the sirens outside are waning. They're going <laughs> down. Okay. And I'll also add that he was kind of like a... Okay. Theologically... He went from an extreme pacifist yes. mm-hmm. to being complicit in assassination attempts right. on Hitler. Yeah. 
So we're talking about a guy that literally would preach on nonviolence all the time to being a double agent for the Allies. He was embedded in the, uh, was it the SS? I can't remember. But it was he had I some sort of intelligence so. level. And he would, cur- he would be a courier to other countries to pass along information and things like this. So Hitler... Or, I think it was, I can't remember who told me this. It could be completely wrong. But if you've seen the movie Valkyrie with Tom Cruise, Mm. (laughs) there's an assassination attempt on Hitler in the opening scene. And someone told me once, it was a pastor friend, said like Hitler, like Bonhoeffer was the one telling people, hey, he's going to be here. Mm. Here's where they're vulnerable. Sure. Sort of thing. So he was this courier of information that tried to assassinate Hitler. Mm-hmm. Which is different from pacifism. Yeah. <laughs> Very. That is, that is not nonviolence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Heather, you took a class on Bonhoeffer. I did. And what, what sort of books did you read? Or what were some of his works that you... Uh, so he wrote a lot. Um, big nerd he was. Big, yeah, big, big nerd. Um, so we read a lot of his letters. Um, he was imprisoned for quite a while. And so there's a lot of letters between him and his wife and him and his best friend, uh, Eberhard. Yep. Is that yep. his name? Yeah. Um, and then also a lot of letters from when he was in the U.S. and communicating with his family. Uh, so we read a lot of letters that he wrote. Um but then he also wrote, I mean, what else did he write? They, he didn't write books, per se. I mean, they're they're collected in books now, but they're more like collections of his writings. Yeah, I think he had a couple books, but most of them are collections, or they're shorter. Like, he wrote Ethics. Yes. Which I, is, oh, yeah, that's a big, I got, I've got that one. If you want to try to understand Bonhoeffer, Ethics is his, I would say, his, his go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, when they had the uh, the seminary opened uh, for the Confessing Church in Finkenwald, uh, it was Life Together. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So he, he wrote a lot of essays. Yeah. Is what, yes, Life Together and uh, Freedom of a Christian. No. Nope. That was Luther. That was Luther. Dude, yeah. No. What I know what I you're thinking? talking about. What am I talking about? You'll have to check your your library at home. Oh, man. Yeah. Look I've got a bunch Luke. of Bonhoeffer books. No. Yeah. What? You're right. That was Luther, huh? Mm-hmm. No, but it's going to come to us right after we're done recording. But Luther, Luther, Bonhoeffer wrote a ton. Yeah. Like yeah. an obnoxious amount because he was so stinking smart. He got his doctorate when he was really young. I can't remember how young, but like... Like 21. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somewhere in there. It's like, that. that's not normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you talking about? I am... 28 and i got my doctorate when i was like 15 <laughs> obviously <laughs> Duh. Obvi. so this series we're gonna try to talk about the intersection of bonhoeffer and some of his writings as well as the season of advent so how, how do these two connect and uh there is a a book out there it's a collection of some of his writings as well as uh, a little devotion so uh, the book is called God is in the Manger, if you want to pick it up. Uh, it can be found anywhere, I think. Do we have that in our library here, do you know? That's a good question. We'll get Ooh. we'll get back to you uh, for episode two. Yeah. Um, I have it in my office if anyone wants to borrow it. Uh, and in the next couple episodes, we'll, we'll take a look at some of those excerpts. Uh, but 
we just want to set the set the table right now to discuss how why these relate. And so as Heather mentioned, a lot of his writings were from sermons, letters to loved ones, and from prison. Yeah. So I, I was just Googling the, the famous writing, uh, The Cost of Discipleship. Oh, how could we forget? That was the Bonhoeffer uh, uh, writing that was really... Freedom of Christian, Cost of Discipleship. Uh, similar, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he, he, in Cost of Discipleship, he talked about um, costly grace and... And cheap grace. Cheap yeah. grace. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No, but, ahead, but it's important on. because, yeah, Bonhoeffer just rails against uh, cheap grace. And it's, yeah, it has to be costly. There's a cost to God's grace, and it's to God, not for us. Anyway, or not by us. Anyways, okay, here we go. Uh, I am deeply interested in this topic this year because I went to a a, a fall theological gathering that we had earlier this year for the Synod, and Professor David Fredrickson, uh, recently retired from Luther Seminary, presented a brand new way of thinking about the Gospel of Mark and how uh, Mark is not this typical presenting Jesus as a superhero sort of thing that we usually get when Jesus is preaching and teaching and healing, but instead Jesus as this one who meets people in suffering and pain. And so I'm going to just condense it all down and I'm not going to do it justice. But there's this idea that Jesus heals people's whatever when Jesus performs a miracle Mm -hmm. in the gospel of Mark, but he doesn't heal the emotional and spiritual pain they've been experiencing. Mm. So Jesus heals the physical Mm -hmm. whatever that's going on. And all of these happen out in Galilee. Now, when Jesus is resurrected, the angel, Jesus doesn't appear, but the angel says, oh, he's gone ahead of you to Galilee. Mm. As in, Jesus is continuing the work Mm -hmm. of restoring these people. Mm. That was just the beginning. And so that's, that's why it's so important in the Gospel of Mark that it states this is the beginning of the good news that like this whole Jesus thing sure. doesn't end. It continues on out there in Galilee. Jesus is back out there continuing to do the work of healing people in that spiritual, emotional sense. Okay. And so Bonhoeffer is writing in that sense where he needs Jesus. He's waiting for that advent. He's in that advent season. He's mm-hmm. Jesus to meet him in that spiritual and emotional low. A lot of these writings that we've talked about are from prison. Mm-hmm. Now, Bonhoeffer is a brilliant guy, deeply faithful, but he's in prison waiting to die. Mm-hmm. And he needs Jesus to come and provide some sort of healing and balm to his hurting heart. So this whole, the Greek word, ekthrombos, this mm-hmm. uh, meeting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's looking at me like, mm-hmm. oh, you're a nerd. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm listening, and I'm just. It's my initial thought was not you're a nerd. That my initial thought was that's such a fun word. <laughs> so, but this ekthrombos is this feeling of, it's like if you've ever leaned back in a chair and you've fallen, and it's like the rug has been swept up out mm-hmm. out of your feet. Mm-hmm. You are. There's this feeling of zero control, nothingness. Um, 
that the world you know is crumbling apart. That's This is where Jesus mm-hmm. enters in. Mm-hmm. Or at least yeah. that's what the Gospel of Mark is, mm-hmm. is sure. arguing. Mm-hmm. So I want to explore how is God entering into that for Bonhoeffer mm-hmm. and perhaps for us. When the world as you know it, in this apocalypse, right, where everything we know is changing, mm-hmm. how does God enter into that? And for you, listener, beloved listener out there, it might be a recent diagnosis of an illness. Mm-hmm. It might be the loss of a job. It might be just that your life has sped up with whatever your circumstance is, that it's not the same. And what? how do you navigate this mm-hmm. new normal? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right? So how is God meeting you in that ekthrombos, that feeling of everything is out of place? Mm-hmm. And that gets pretty deep pretty quick. Yeah. And I think the church glosses over the season of Advent to get to the Holly Jolly Merry Christmas, right. Norman Rockwell, mm-hmm. Hallmark movie. Mm-hmm. And we can dwell in this a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is a deeply pastoral uh, time to care for one another. So mm. it's time for a very Bonhoeffer Christmas. Well, okay, so you talking about apocalypse and like, you know, thinking about the world is about to turn, right? It makes me, what's that song? Yep. It's um, the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> Not that one. Canticle of the Turning. Canticle of the Turning, that one. Oh, that's a really um, good one the too. The world is about to turn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hearing you say, Tom, talking about apocalypse makes me think about... Um, kind of during COVID times when, you know, we're all at home and how I I had conversations with people um, over Zoom because I was stuck in my house uh, about how it felt really apocalyptic mm-hmm. um, in the way that an apocalypse is like an unveiling and showing what there really is and showed how people really felt about each other and how our society really functioned and how it felt like, like this... Uh, there was like an unmasking mm-hmm. of like society um, where we could really see what, what the truth was. I don't know. Um, but in those conversations, it felt like there was a lot of hope in those conversations yeah. because it was um, right. We can't like cover up things anymore. We have to like look at what's real mm-hmm. and address those things and say like, okay, w- Turns out we weren't caring for one another very well. So, like, we need to be real about that mm-hmm. and figure out what that means. And there, I mean, and when there's hope like that, I mean, that's where God is, mm-hmm. is in that hope and and in that future for, okay, what does this mean for us? And where is God in all of this? And maybe we can't ignore where God is leading us mm-hmm. anymore. Um, so that, that apocalypse that you're talking about um, with Bonhoeffer and... and and um yeah that just makes me think of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah so i'm i i feel like i mean we're we're running low on time now and so this is this feels like just a tease yeah right of like okay we we've talked about bonhoeffer now and um kind of set the stage and we know that bonhoeffer spent time in jail mm-hmm. and is thinking about like where is god in all of this mm-hmm. and what does that mean for us in advent um so we're going to dive into that more in our next episode. Next episode, yeah. 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 So we're going to leave it there. Perfect. And oh. thinking about, okay, where is God in all the, yeah. in the waiting, in the yeah. prison and 
all of that. So I love it. All right. All right. Well, Tom had to go uh, do something because hashtag church life. Um, So he is out of here. So I'll just say thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, we will be back next week uh, with more of a very Bonhoeffer Christmas. Yeah. Stay tuned. Bonhoeffer. Yeah. Let's get into this. Yeah. All All right. right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.